The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. That's not a moon. That's a gutting station. Oh, hey, hello, your old pal Kevin Goatee from Gutting the Sacred Cow. Here I am. New week, new episode, fans on patrol. They've joined us this week. Montego Bradley and Tiff have decided to bring on and try and face Return of the Jedi. Oh, the final of the original Skywalker trilogy. And they have a problem with this one. So we're going to get into it. Before we do, though, patreon.com slash GTSC. You know, every uh, five bucks a month gets you access to Kevin and my That Doesn't Happens, our, our movie reviews, you know, stuff we want to see, trailers we want to talk about, all that good stuff. You know the drill. Guttingthesacredcow.com for merch. And, of course, keep telling your friends about us. That's the most important compliment we can get. And we love you guys for giving us an hour of your time every week without any more delay and shenanigans here are the fans on patrol doing return of the jedi gather around is what i know it's just that this cow has got to go Hey man, don't I know you from somewhere? Nah, man, I'm from Buffalo. Kevin Israel, name that film. No idea. You motherfucker, really? Nope. Our guests are fans on Patrol, Tiff and Bradley. I'm going to let you guys steal Family Feud style. Do you guys know where that quote is from? Ah, <laughs> not nope. at all. No? Answer, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, shit. You know, I think you've dug a few Beverly Hills Cop quotes, and I don't think I ever get them. I think, I think that, that's got to be your third in our 130 some odd episodes. You're not lying. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I, I watch a film, I go, this is a good one, but I forget to write it down. And then I, when I forget to write it down, then it's time to tape. But I go, shit. So I have to scroll through some films. I go, let's see ones I'm pretty sure I haven't used. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, back. How are you folks? And welcome to yet another fantastic edition of Gutting the Sacred Cow. This week, we are joined by Bradley and Tiff of the Fans on Patrol podcast. Gentlemen and lady, how do you do this evening? Um, I'm doing all right. How about you guys? Wonderful. Happy to have you guys. Fucking magical. (laughs) Super juice. What's up, everybody? Montego Bradley, Fans on Patrol, Mr. Button, all the way up to the top. So happy to be here, fellas. Thank you so much for having us. That is the most spirited intro I've ever heard from a guest ever, Kevin Israel. And God, I'm, I'm, glad- just, I'm, ex- I'm more excited now. 
aren't we? Well, so if you weren't excited by that one, folks, guess what? You can't wait to hear what these two fine folks have chosen to try and gut this week. And that is the 1983 classic Return of the Jedi budget, $32.5 million box office hall. Four seventy-five million. Turn that into twenty twenty-two money. I did ninety-two. <laughs> I got tip already. I'm already one for one. Ninety-two and a half million dollar budget. One point three five billion dollars. Kevin Israel, that's your territory for the Marvel uh, Marvel stuff, huh? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's big. IMDb, as we all know, is a scale one through ten. Montego Bradley, what do you think the Return of the Jedi scored on the IMDb scale? One through ten with decimal points. Seven point eight. Seven eight. How about you, Tiff? Give me a number. Nine point five. Israel. Eight six. Eight three. Damn. Not bad. Critics. Rotten Tomatoes score. Rotten Tomatoes, one through 100. We're going to start off with Tiff. Tiff, what do you think the critics gave Return of the Jedi? 82. Kevin Israel? 89. Montego Bradley? 78. One of you has won two showcases and $100 out of my pocket, so come fish it out. No, it is Tiff. Tiff with 82%. (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Kevin Israel is going to lead off. What do you think the audience got for the score for Rotten Tomatoes? Audience, Return of the Jedi. 94. What'd you say? 94. 94. Uh, Montego Bradley. 90. And Tiff. I must, yeah, I was like 98. One of you is dead nuts on, and that person is two showcases, and that is my co host, Kevin Israel, 94%. <laughs> God damn it. Not bad. See, oh, Bradley, you're the only one out there with your dick in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, <hate> that <laughs> Quotes, Misa Hawaki, Chewbacca. That's at last we have the money Chewbacca in Huttese, if we recall that. Next one, I love you. I know. And of course, the meme capital of them all, it's a trap. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Israel quotes what do you have I have uh, I have two it's pointless to resist my son and this was this was a this was an addition in the in the re whatever redux. they call them the the redux uh we still free oh shit <laughs> oh yeah I, you know what I noted that as well yeah well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Montego Bradley, any quotes jump out at you? Uh, uh, your, optimistic, your optimistic appraisal of the situation. Uh, can't finish the quote. That was Vader in the beginning. <laughs> Shit. Damn it. Oh, he's, he's talking to the commander. Yeah, he says your optimistic appraisal of the situation is uh, something, something, something. Can't, can't read. Perfect. That's, That's not, lovely. That, the, 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 Brad, Montego, this is not the paraphrase section. This is the quotes section. <laughs> Okay, okay, I got it. I got it. Yeehaw! That was uh, Lando Calrissian. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair. Sustained. How about, how about you, Tiff? What do you have? Quotes? Anything? Uh, you, you know, I was going to say that I love you. You know, that's a great one. Um, but Always. my favorite quote is just Yoda grunting and rolling over to go back to sleep. <laughs> For eternity. Oh, yeah. He's tired, man. 900 years. You look so good after all these years. I don't... Uh, I think he looks better than I quote. would. Oh. 
After That's... 900 years, looks so good, you will not. Ha! There you go. Redeeming, oh, redeeming himself. Jesus. Jesus, how embarrassing. Five <laughs> fun facts. Five fun facts, 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 five fun facts. The word Ewok is never said in the film, nor were the names of the individual Ewoks. However, both appear in the credits. Next one. Ewoks were a late addition to the Star Wars mythology. Their part was to be played by the Wookiees. But by the time that Lucas and his partner sat down to write Return of the Jedi, they realized that Chewbacca could fly the Falcon, repair the ship, and operate pretty much any weapon or machine in the universe. They made the Wookiees too technologically advanced for the plot. It would have been better if it was on Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, no. the voice of Bausch, Princess Leia's bounty hunter disguise in Jabba's palace, is provided by Pat Welsh. Pat Welsh's only other voiceover work is a biggie. It's... The voice of E.T. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> in the what, 80s. Yeah. I thought Deborah Winger did uh, E.T., but I guess my fun facts proved me wrong. Hmm. Number four, Harrison Ford wanted Han Solo to die in the film, sacrificing himself to save his friends. George Lucas vetoed that idea, even though Lawrence Kasdan supported it. Kasdan suggested Solo not survive being thawed in order to make the audience believe that no one was safe in the final film. Number five, another, I actually two more ideas abandoned early on was a having Obi-Wan Kenobi return from the dead. It did make its way into an early draft of the script. Second abandoned idea. There were rumors that the final scenes were to mirror the ceremony of star Wars finale where Luke and Han and Chewie get medals. And we also would, would witness the marriage of Han and Leia. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A, a lot of a lot of a lot of Marge Simpson sisters groaning at those at those fun facts. I got Patty and Selma on line one here, Israel. All right, now let's go to the the section that is a blaze today on Twitter, and that is Ask a Gutter. Ask a Gutter. You gotta ask a Gutter. Where do I start? Bango2331, do you folks have a problem with the whole Death Star 2 thing? And if so, what would your plot be for a trilogy finale? Ooh, man, I sure did have a problem with the Death Star uh, 2 thing. It's funny, I didn't have a problem with it. I think I did have a problem with it as a kid. You know, you was like, ah, oh, shit. (laughs) They doing that again, you know. So, I mean... It's, to me, it would have just been sweet if you would you didn't you didn't have to you could have just had a star battle without having a damn Death Star to, to blow up, man. Because the real fight was in there with the lightsabers and all the the sweet stuff. Had the dudes on the on the ground, just cut the cut the whole damn Death Star, blowing every damn thing up. Just you know, get rid of it. You didn't need it. It was just it wasn't ominous. You didn't care. You didn't need to see these guys riding through the Death Star and coming out. You know, they just did that for Flash. It, it didn't serve the story. It really didn't. Yeah, I think Billy D. Williams would disagree with you because he wanted his moment in the sun. You goddamn right. That's that's all he got with him and that damn puppet next to him. <laughs> See, watching watching the Star Cruiser crash into the uh, Death Star was pretty cool though. Yeah, oh yeah. Cool. Tiff, anything? Would you? Uh, what would you change, uh, if anything, at, at all, or not? About the Death Star? 
Well, yeah, uh, or, or, yeah, about that. What about the question? I don't really. That's fine. Who cares? I mean, okay. like, it's there. That's cool. Excellent. Next question at Newark Knight asks for the fans on patrol. Where does Return of the Jedi fall compared to the other two third installment films in the franchise? So basically, damn. they're asking where does it rank against Rise of Skywalker and, and Revenge of the Sith? Hey, damn, that's a that's a that's damn good, dude. Whoever you are, that's New- beautiful. Newark Knight <laughs> is always on point, Brandon. Yeah. Damn. That was a good one. He's got good stuff. Um, uh, so you're asking me which one's the best, right? Yeah. Of the three, it's of the, the third it's the best. Okay. Uh, it is the best. It's the it's the best of the threes. I mean, I would have I would have hung up on you two fuckers if you had said Rise of Skywalker so fast, <laughs> your heads would have spun right out of here because that was an abortion. Uh, at Nemirovsky, he wants he says your feeble skills are no match for the power of the sacred cow. He wants to know would Lucas have redeemed the Ewoks by changing the victory celebration into a victory feast? Hell no. It ain't no way to, to redeem Ewoks, man. You had this cool-ass <laughs> thing that was all dope, and then you put these damn teddy bears in there, and it ain't nothing that was cool about them. You could have put hip-hop, could have had Snoop Dogg playing the last m- music, and it still would have sucked. No, the hell with Ewoks. I don't like Ewoks. Part of the yeah, uh, we figured as much. Tiff, any, uh, anything to add on that, or, or did he sum I it mean, up pretty well? As a kid, I thought they were cute, so Fair. I guess... Yeah, I was 12 years old when it happened, and I could. I was like, no, 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 what is this shit? Yeah, and I was 12, so get out of here. So, you, so you, weren't a big, you weren't a big fan of the Christmas special, then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a fan. You know why? Because in 1978, when that thing came out, or 1980, that's all Star Wars you can get in between the movies. So you was it didn't matter what the hell was happening. You was like, yes. <laughs> Our pal Taco Shirt Krillin wants to know, do you think Return of the Jedi is the worst in the Star Wars series or does another movie hold that spot? Oh, come on, Taco Shirt Krillin. You goddamn know good and well. Yeah, you mean like of all? Yeah, of all, of all yeah. 10, uh, 11. 10? 11. No, of course not. Of course, of course not. it's not the worst. Hey. It's got to be, no, it's more towards the best. Right. It just happens to be we're doing this thing. It's the worst of the best. <laughs> <laughs> At no. more- at Lord Snurts, why is Star Wars such a beloved franchise despite its hit and miss track record? There are two good movies, one good live action show. Is he talking about the show in Disney and a few decent cartoons and video games? Yet folks like me will eagerly line up for the latest project. Uh, I totally disagree with it. It's just being just two good movies. I mean, yeah. they, 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 shit just keeps giving. I mean, and it's more than one good show, according to me. Uh, but I mean, it's Star Wars. Star Wars benefits from, you know, time and, and, and phenomena. You know, there was nothing like Star Wars back in 1977. And so it, it you know, people were going to the movies 47 times to see a damn movie, you know? So when does that happen? And then it Jaws. Benefits. Yeah. Well, yeah, that happened. And ET and Raiders of the Lost Ark, but oh, those yeah. were blockbusters and it was one of them. Um, then after that, you know, you had the Phantom Menace, which adults hate it, but. Uh, <sighs> A lot of kids, a lot of kids love it to this. You know, this is grown now. No, they, they don't. No, they don't. No, they do I, not I love think it. They do so. No, I think it's universally panned now that those kids have grown up. Uh, next one. Let's scroll. So at Rex Crumb, I'm just going to label the attempted gutters of these two classics as commies who should be deported to Gitmo. Fair. I can feel I can I can feel that. I can, All I can. right. That person's got a lot I going on. At Eric, at Eric four nine five three. Okay, guys, golden metal bikini, yay or nay? Yay. 
It was dope, dude. Yay. <laughs> Uh, my part of the whole movie. My penis says double yay. <laughs> of course. At There's Matt, no argument. No, zero argument. Uh, at Hopper 2400, Matt Dawson, how far do you think you can kick an Ewok? <laughs> Personally, not very far. Right. They look kind of solid, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can bust the costume or loaded with the person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I got to think it's an all inclusive there, Kevin Israel. I would agree. I'd agree. That's a pooch punt. It's a pooch punt right there. I think I probably wouldn't even be able to knock him down. All right. To fend um, off, you'd be able to knock him down. To I feed think. off your question, how many Ewoks could you fend off in a fight at Ooh. Eric 4953 again? <laughs> maybe two or three. Maybe. No, probably one. All right. For me. It depends on the landscape. If we're in an open field and I got some room. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be on, but if we in the bushes, man, it's, you you hit, you're doomed because they'll be everywhere, like like bugs. Get out of here. At Xyphos, I haven't heard the episode yet, and I already know fans on patrol is right about everything. Fucking Ewoks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> at, uh, Al- at Almighty Ray, Ray Sicanus, you know him, you love him, folks. Return of the Jedi started the Star Wars long long turn into being aimed purely and totally at small children. Knowing that it's a movie for eight-year-olds first and foremost gives away a bit of leeway in my eyes. Yes, the Ewoks are a little lame, but that's compared to Stormtroopers, not Nicktoons. So he asked you, what character aimed at young children would you add to the Star Wars universe, and what would they do there? Oof. What a question, Tiff. You can handle this one. You mean like a real, already real children's character? Well, this is the, for your imagination, too. Oh, okay. Um, you know what? In all honesty, I don't think it's possible to add something like that to a movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless it was already organically present. Like, if the movie itself lent it to that kind of extrapolation, then yes. But not, like, just throwing a teddy bear in there. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Sure. Maybe something reptilian. <laughs> That's actually a really good answer now that you say that. Well, they have dinosaurs. They kind of did in the later in the prequels. Actually, they had some kind of dinosaur-looking fuckers out there. Mm-hmm. Throw some dinosaurs mm-hmm. in it. She is happy. Last, last, and not least, so wizard podcast. Your friends. No one will able. No one will be able to convince Tiffbot on from Fans Patrol that Star Wars is good or cool. Her pure <laughs> existence guts the sacred cow. <laughs> That's so fucking rude. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, read it's them. not true it's not true I would I like Star Wars just not as much as everybody else I see before we jump into it though Kevin Israel we've got some business to discuss and that's our friends over at Athletic Greens Kevin you love it why is Athletic Greens a part of your daily regimen Athletic Greens is a part of my daily regimen because it's a great way to kick off the day that's not an over caffeinated drink it's got all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients you need to start your day. I substitute my morning coffee with it, and I got to tell you, it's a great way to start. Gut health, focus. What more could you want in the morning? Gut health. I like how you put the gut health in a gutting the sacred cow podcast. <laughs> you silly son of a bitch. And it's also less than $3 a day. I mean, it's cheaper than getting a coffee, and you're investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance, lifestyle-friendly, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, keto, less than a gram of sugar. It is the best thing out there. 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes. And look, it's a small, small, small travel pack. When you buy one order of uh, Athletic Greens, you get five free travel packs with you, vitamin D, and a year supply, sorry, a year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. That's athleticgreens.com slash GTSC. Bang. 
Kevin Israel, I think it's time to let these little Padawans unsheath their lightsabers and see if they can hop around like Yoda did in Revenge of the Sith and try and cut this puppy down. So without any further ado, it's time for the fans on patrol to gut Gut. the The sacred cow. Sounded good that time. Okay. <laughs> You're up, folks. Okay, so um, these are in no particular order, I guess. These sure. are my list of my list of grievances. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about is how the force works in this movie. Um, it kind of is used as more of a plot device than actual power. And the reason I say that is just because shit like uh, they so powerful you can move C three PO to make him look like a god, but you can't use it to just free yourself from a rope or <laughs> blow up a speeder when you're having a fight in the forest or any of that shit. It just like, so like, I feel like it comes and goes as like the plot needs dr- drama or whatever. And that bothers me. Yeah. Fair point. I agree with you um, because, you know, I never, never really thought about that until we started talking about this. And I was like, yeah, because you know, you can do some dope stuff when it, when, when, you know, when, 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 uh, the, the, the action calls for it. <laughs> but, but then, you know, you're on that cell barge with all those people and you're doing all the lightsaber stuff and, uh, you know, over your head, uh, deflecting bolts. It's not, it's not coming nowhere near you, but you just can't, you can't throw a bunch of them suckers off the deck. <laughs> just like, ah. I mean, like <laughs> move a planet or whatever, but, uh, I can't, how, what am I going to do about this rope? Yeah, <laughs> they, they were tied up with some flimsy shit. <laughs> All right, fair point. Fair point. What else you got? Uh, so as a kid, you saw something as sweet and dope as Star Wars, and then Empire Strikes Back comes and just knock your ass onto the ground, and you're like, "Damn, what's gonna happen next?" And everything is cool and smooth, and you know, spacey and just beautiful. And then you walk into Jabba's Palace. And I know a lot of people, they love Jabba's Palace. Couldn't wait to see Jabba's Palace. But you walk in and all I saw as a kid was Muppets. You know, <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? And I tried to make it cool in my mind because I was young and it was Star Wars. So I was like, it's cool. It, I, it's cool. I like it. <laughs> but I couldn't I couldn't get around all the damn puppets and all the fake, uh, you know, the goofy stuff and all the. the well, then monsters. did you have a problem? With, did you have a problem with the Moss Eisley Cantina? Because that's the same shit. Yeah, but you had. Almost ten years to get that shit right, and that's what you came up with was a bunch of look. You had Max, and then you had puppets. It, it regressed. It got like it got well, as somebody stated, like more for children. But even like the one that I watched, rewatched for the show was the Disney Plus version, and that singer, yeah, is y'all. such an abomination <laughs> that it almost retroactively ruins all of Star Wars, not just this film. Do you know what I mean it's so fucking bad? It makes me question the idea of eyeballs. Like it's uh, just awful. A whole singing routine, and they thought that was cooler 10 years later. Oh, Jesus, fuck, it's embarrassing. It was bad, Jack. That was in the 97 Redux version, because I saw all of them in the theater when they brought it, when they trotted them back out and go, I don't remember that. And I'm- <laughs> You're just like, oh, I'm embarrassed. Wait, wait, I had the VHS tape at home. Let me go back and watch. Oh, wait, that wasn't there, so that must mean the older version's better. Right, right. Even, even the introduction of the Rancor, I mean, it just... It, I mean, he's down there fighting this thing, and you know, this is your hero, and you know, where's the lightsaber? But that yeah, was, uh, 
and that damn thank thing you. just was so thank you. silly and stupid. And you know, and all it did is holler. <laughs> you know, you're like, what? What's happening? And I couldn't wait for that scene to be over with. The coolest thing is when the dude started laughing. I mean, crying about the thing. Of course, that's the best. It's very human. They're human. We all are like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> he could have. He could have used the force and shut that big ass gate on his head instead of throwing the skull at the control panel. The force is not that strong. The force is only for floating C three PO around. That's a good point, Tiff. He could. God damn it! He could have closed the damn gate before they open the gate. Close the gate. Open the gate. Close the gate. Just keep Jesus the gate closed. <laughs> that would have um, been great. Well, I think our next point is kind of on our like you can't argue against it. Are you guys ready? Let's and go. that yeah. is is that in this movie. Is where we find out that Luke and Leia are siblings, right? Um, so it's just proof that the plot had like not been fully developed because they don't acknowledge or retroactively try to fix the fact that they were like full on macking on each other. Um, mm-hmm. And even though the kiss does not occur in this movie, the ramifications of the kiss are discussed because even Han Solo still thinks that there's romantic feelings involved, um, and it's a glaring weakness that the film like refuses to retroactively acknowledge. Unless the incest was intentional, mm, said that out loud. <laughs> I mean, like that's the thing. It's like if you're not willing to be like, if one of them doesn't vomit or one of them doesn't go, uh, that thing that happened, or even Han Solo <laughs> wasn't like, what the fuck? <laughs> then we're all just gonna be like, okay, we'll be Frenched, and that's just fine. Yeah, hey, I'll, you know, I'll- you know, I, 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 first of all, I agree with you, and I think everybody agrees with that point. But I have to say that. For them to do what you're suggesting, which was the natural thing to do, which would be to go, oh, my God, like just for a moment, just to give you yeah. there. There's none of that in any of these movies. There's no ha ha in any of the other than some sarcasm. There's no jokes. And it's like it almost almost like paper doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe. Neither do jokes. So but for that so moment silly. to exist, it wouldn't it wouldn't flow with the rest of the very stoic way of Star Wars. Well, I want to disagree with that because there's a scene in this movie where an Ewok peeks into a window and it goes bah, 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 like a joke for that's all. It's very silly. Like it's an intergalactic war and there's this very silly fight scene that we have obviously for some levity. And I feel like um, like it wouldn't even necessarily be funny because I don't think that like being like that was pretty fucking gross, dude, is funny. It would just be like. We all know it happened, and it's pretty fucking gross. Yeah, I would have liked to see that scene, though. I so like- if, if there was even just like a brief moment where they both kind of frowned. No, no, no. I, I would have liked to see the scene when he was talking to her outside. You know, he was like, yeah, I never knew my mama and this stuff. Yeah, you my sister. And you mean that's how we kiss? Hey, don't tell nobody about that shit, because that's not- Shut the- <laughs> Don't you fucking say a word. And then, <laughs> and then the, the, the deleted scene is, oh, man, remember I dropped the digit when we were swinging across that chasm in the first Death Star? <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> I remember that too. Look, yeah. we ain't talking about that shit no more because we yeah. siblings. <laughs> just like well, Bru- it, just like Bruno, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> because because in that scene, she says, I always sort of knew. You well, fucking how- did, bitch. No, well, well, <laughs> as if and it, to, to belabor the point, of course, at the end of Empire, where he's hanging from that weather vane at the, uh, at the bottom of Cloud City, and she telepathically goes, <gasps> Luke, like, oh, my God, I left my keys behind. Like, Luke, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Kevin! Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a solid case. This, this argument's solid. Well, 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 we'll see about that in about five minutes or so. <laughs> so here we go. Go ahead. So one thing that's always bothered me about this whole struggle between, you know, 
darkness and light was that so Darth Vader, you know, we don't know if Darth Vader knew that Luke was his son. He could have been playing the Emperor the whole time. We don't know. But this guy was the, the brightest shining light in the whole galaxy. He didn't save, you know, planets and people, blew up the Death Star, you know, just a, a, a good boy with a lightsaber. And um, all of a sudden, you know, this old pimp come walking in, you know, the Emperor, and he like, you know, hey, young Skywalker, he could be a great ally. Now, okay, fine. I, I, I didn't get it as a kid. I'm like, why? You know, Invader's like, you know, in the last movie, you know, we can we can turn against Emperor. We can we can win. You and I, son. You know, and it's like, okay, I don't understand. You know, you strike me down and with all your anger and your journey to the dark side will be complete. How? I just killed the most evilest dude on the planet and his boy. Why do I got to become evil because I do that shit? Now I don't understand it. And then I, I, there's if an I answer. Am evil, what is it? Answer. If I am evil. Then why am I why am I gonna kick it with you? I'm gonna I'm gonna dethrone the pimp. I'm not both of y'all. Y'all both gotta go. Why would you want him to be evil with you? I don't understand. Because they're always with the rule with the rule of the Sith. There is always two. If you go back all the way to episode one, they talk about there's always two. So that's why is it gonna knock him off? Then that you, could, you and I could rule, and then that's it, and we get rid of him and continue the uh, the rule of the Sith. That's the rule. There was no rule of the Sith in when this movie came out. I know, I know. I'm just giving the. <laughs> it's not a Sith. It's a makeup call from what they did. I get it, but that's like the, they try to kind of backpedal that with that logic. I think with Episode One, like, oh, by the way, here's why they do this kind of thing. That took you, it took you 18 years to try to uh, fill that hole. That, that y'all blew that one, man. That was some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And again, why am I gonna kick it with the two of you punks? I'll just kill both of y'all. And 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 I'm the, the the most shining light in the galaxy. Well, why do y'all think y'all can turn me? It didn't work. So I got a problem. With, I've always had a problem with that. It didn't make no sense to me, man. Even now, as an adult, it just it makes you mad when you think about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the other point that I think a lot of people make about this movie that we have to talk about is the obvious um, introduction of the Ewoks as uh-huh. like a money grab because uh, George <laughs> oh, Lucas. Infamously made a lot of money off of toys. Like it's toy rific, right? It was when you introduce like a character that just to make money off of a toy sale. Um, and they kind of really do nothing besides be ridiculous. And like, even in like their treatment, like when she takes her hat off and he's confused, I'm like, bitch, he's wearing a hat too. Like, why is that so confusing to him? Um, but it's just that, you know, I think that we have seen him do this. And I don't want to talk about other movies because we're talking about this movie. So specifically with the Ewoks, um, they, there wasn't necessary. Uh, it wasn't necessary to introduce a new planet, right? We could just have a different planet. I feel like this planet specifically was kind of weird because like, we're talking about the war all over space and then there's rebels everywhere and blah, 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 blah. But like this planet is remote, right? It's a, it's a moon, right? Um, it's not a moon. It's a space station. <laughs> Apologies. That's a quote. That's a quote. That's a quote. That's a quote. That's no moon. That's a that's Star Wars quote. Come on. You guys knew that. Come on. I know that quote. I'm all just, right. All right. Okay. Just being I'm a, making sure. Uh, so, you know, George Lucas infamously has made his properties worse with this action, right? Just by like being like, well, no one's going to notice if I shoehorn this bullshit in because they're going to be, they're going to love me so much. It's going to be fine. Hmm. And that's really, that's fine. Like adding stuff to a film, if I don't notice it, I don't really give a shit, no matter how shoehorned it is in. Like, I don't, if you can make a good film, I'm going to notice it or not notice it. Right. And I'm not saying this isn't a good, sorry, like I shouldn't say that, but the Ewoks presence is bad. Yeah. Right. 
the Ewoks presence is super bad. I didn't mind the planet. I thought the planet was dope uh, because, you know, all you had was sand and, and, and metal before that and clouds. But the, the planet was cool. The speeder bikes was cool. But, yeah, the, the Ewoks is, is totally unforgivable. And, and I get it. They wanted to do Wookiees. They couldn't afford it, you know, but and it didn't work for you for some reason. Bullshit. They couldn't afford it. They had a $37 yeah, million dollar budget. Yeah, so many. They had, they had made a billion dollars already. Yeah, he always said technology budget. didn't exist is what he says. But you had this dude in a, you know, I don't know. That's yeah. what he said. That's what he said. So, you know. Can't be trusted. He introduced the Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else? Oh, shoot. That, w- that would be on me. Or is that you? Don't, oh no! Well, I have one more. So if you go, go ahead, one more. sure. No, go ahead. Oh, I, go I, ahead. I, I got, I got, I, I'm cool. I go back to the uh, the question that the person asked, and because it, it was in my thing, another damn Death Star. I don't understand the repetitiveness. I don't, I don't get it. You could have did something else. You're a writer. Write something. Do you know something. Why they, you know why they did it? Because the first one was really fucking cool. They go, let's go back to the well. That's why <laughs> right, they did it. Right, but why? <laughs> Shit, you stop. What are you doing? Look, you could have had the, the, the Star Destroyers crash into each other like they did in that sweet movie. You know, you didn't have to like, you know. <laughs> like like it, like it was a Benny Hill episode. Whoop, 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 or three threes just kind of collide together. <laughs> you could, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about lost that. power. Well, that's what happened with the other one, right? They, they pushed the one in there, but it could have lost power and crashed it because it was all tight, you know. Oh, Last Jedi. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. Not the last Jedi. Um, uh, they Rogue pushed them. Rogue One. They uh, pushed them. You know, with this other ship. But yeah, and there you go. So the Death Star, it's, it's unforgivable, man. I'm sorry. It's, and, and then it wasn't even finished. So you know, so you had this great big vulnerability. So for them to drive in and then fly out, which seemed impossible to you, going a billion miles per hour through that little. That really thing. that causes me a lot of anxiety, to be honest. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, "Fuck, these people are gonna die." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So for me, the most egregious point is this last point. Because the plot of a movie, right, we see people grow and change, and that's oh, the point, shit. right? I know where you're going. That was my last one, too. So I, I know it's going, too, I think. My problem with this movie is the redemption of Vader with no evidence that he's... There's no lead-up. There's no, like, oh. regret or thought or showing me that he's changed. The thing that happens is that, like, is verbalized to us. In, like, the last few seconds, he's like, oh... Actually, I, I, well, my son, don't kill my son, right? And then on top of that, like, so like we didn't, it's kind of like a, I was told, not shown, like the old, you know, you shouldn't, you should show me, not tell me. But they told me they didn't show me his growth in any way. I didn't see them change in any way. I didn't believe that he had changed. And then this happened. But then the, also on top of that, the problem is, is that, uh, you can commit millions of atrocities and be evil for dozens of years save your own son save your own son (laughs) and then all of a sudden you're back good with the force you're you're like a good jedi again you get to be a force ghost and all that bullshit and i'm going to heaven yeah fuck off 100 percent tip it's it it never sat red white with me as a kid man you're just sitting there like damn he did one good thing and was it a good thing or was it a selfish thing because that was his boy you know hey he didn't shoot c3po in the end of empire did he i guess he did (laughs) he knocked the gun down and doesn't shoot him look i got kids and i'll whoop my kids ass but you better not touch my kids. So that's all that was. That was a selfish act right there. He was beating his kids ass. He was like, oh, shit. I told you don't, don't yell at my kid. Picked his ass up and threw him over the ledge. It was still evil. <laughs> you know? So get out of here, man. I mean, it was more just like he was like thoughtless. An yeah. automaton almost, which, sure. 
And then one thing that makes it worse is when the, in the newer version they added the no. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That sounds like it's a wrap for you guys in your argument, correct? Yes, it does, man. Because right. you know, okay. I, I really I love Star Wars, man. I don't like talking bad about it. You know? Okay. Well, then now the next part is you giving us both of your scores, one to ten of Jedi. Oh. Um. Shoot. For me, My- it's a seven, probably. <laughs> wow. A seven. A seven. And you came on here to gut this film as a seven. Holy <laughs> shit! Didn't expect that, Kevin Israel. Did you? No, no, I did not. no. How about you, uh, Montego? What do you got? It, it's more like a five, man. It's right. it's, it's it's Star Wars in, in the middle. I, I, I love it because it's Star Wars. It got a lot of cool shit, and so it's a lot about it I like. But then it's just this shit that we talked about. It's just always a problem, you know. So it's a it's a combined six for fans yeah. on patrol. Right. Okay. You know, I should have done. I should have busted out the uh, the saber that I constructed in Star Wars Land and Disney for this episode. It's right over there. I'll go get it when I'm ready. <laughs> uh, before we get to that, Kevin is we've got more uh, more business to talk about. And that, of course, is hydronic hydration. Fantastic. You know what, Kevin? I think this is a fantastic product for many reasons, but one, I'm going to call it the Las Vegas reason. Why? Because mm-hmm. this keeps you hydrated. But the reason why it was founded, the founder said that he's a, he's a frontline healthcare worker, and he found that 81% of frontline healthcare workers developed new headaches because their PPE, like their face mask and their face shield, prevented them from eating and drinking properly while on the job. He would leave work tired, dehydrated, and burnt out. This is keto-friendly and healthy. Uh, and no sugar, unlike most powder drinks out there. That's why Hydronic Hydration is out there. Like I said, sugar-free, keto-friendly, plant-based, antioxidant-rich, electrolyte powder packets for daily use, containing all the essential vitamins and minerals with a refreshing taste. So there are 30 electrolyte packets in a pouch, one month supply. Kevin, take a guess how much you think this fine product is, is charging for their for their wonderful healing powers. 30 packs, I'm going to say... 60 bucks. No. For 39.99 on Amazon. What a deal. Right? And you get a coupon code when you check out. So go visit their website, hydroniquehydration.com. That's H Y D R O N I U I Q U, excuse me, I Q U E hydration.com. It's hydration and unique mashed together. That's hydroniquehydration.com or amazon.com where they offer a discount coupon at checkout. Kevin, would you like to take the honors? Or shall I lead this baby sure. off? Sure, I'll uh, I'll jump off. Go ahead. Um, so here's the thing about Return of the Jedi for me. There's three movies going on in Return of the Jedi. There's a uh, there's a really cool one. There's an okay one, and there's a terrible one. the The really cool one for me is everything that happens in Jabba the Hutt story. I love that storyline. I love that they go and they rescue him. I love the whole confrontation with Luke and Jabba. I love the, I thought the, I, as a kid, man, I thought the Rancor was the best. I loved big monsters as a kid. So when that thing walked out, I was like, this is it. I wanted more out of the Rancor. Clearly they didn't have it probably in the budget to, you know, have a whole uh, dance scene with him. Yeah. <laughs> In the Redux I, I mean, version, they have an extended dance disc where the Rancor sings. He was, he was going to sing he, with the lady. He does do um, <laughs> But I, I, lo- I love that whole the whole storyline. That then the the fight on the pleasure barge or whatever that was called, I thought was great. But I agree, I agree, and I really thought of it last night. It really hit me. Why didn't he have his lightsaber with him? 
Why I don't and why did why did R2 have it in his head? Did he plan on getting captured? And did he plan on because that was a terrible plan. The plan was I mean, I loved it. I loved seeing it all play out, but Luke is a terrible tactician. What a he's like, first I'll send in the robots. Yeah, and by the way, fuck the robots. They're gonna get they're gonna end up being slaves and I might not get them back. But screw them, we don't we don't really need them. And then he's like, ah, that that might not work. So I'm gonna send in Chewbacca. And Chewbacca's gonna do absolutely nothing. And I'm going to send in Leia dressed in some shit just so we can sell another action figure. And then I'm, and then Lando's going to be there, but it's not really clear if Lando was there as part of that or on his own at first and, and, and what he's specifically doing there. Um, and then he, and then Luke shows up and he's completely unable to do anything to Jabba the Hutt. Cause once he's, once he wasn't able to, you know, do the, these aren't the droids you're looking for Jabba the Hutt. I mean, fucking the emperor, the emperor could shoot lasers out of his hand luke can't do that shit luke picked up luke picked up a x-wing out of the swamp yeah he picked up an x-wing out of the swamp that was the baseline for his power he could have lifted the whole thing job of the hut was sitting on and just flipped that fat <laughs> slug over and that whole part would have been done but and then and then he falls that i just wish I really would have liked to see a lightsaber battle between Luke and the Rancor monster. I thought that would have been so much cooler. I mean, it was cool that he dies. And I do love, and I agree with Steph, that it was like a human moment when you see the guy crying about the Rancor. It would have been nice if you saw some, like a split second of a scene that explained that relationship somehow, you know, him feeding it or something. I don't know, something, you know, petting it's no something, just something to say, oh, he cared about it. Besides just this fat slob of a guy crying over this dead slobber monster. Um, but I still, but I still, I really do love that story. And that's also, and I also like in new hope, that was also my favorite part of new hope is, is, is on Tatooine. I love that kind of spaghetti Western sci-fi feel that, 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 that whole scenario has mm-hmm. the other story. That's, 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 that's good though. For me, not as, as enjoyable as that is the whole Luke battling the emperor and Darth Vader. It, this is what the whole thing was building up to. We were get, this had to happen. This is the showdown at the OK Corral. We had to see this. It's I don't I don't think it it never it never satisfies me the way I wanted it to. And it could be because Darth Vader, you don't get to see his his kind of face turn to use a, a, a wrestling ter- terminology. Mm-hmm. He just suddenly does. And part of it, I think, is I I want to blame the helmet on that. Because I feel like if you could if you could see a character's face, and when the emperor was like basically being like Vader's my bitch, go do what I say. If you could see some some like some you know tension or some you know difficulty with him dealing with that in his face, you might have been able to get what Tiff was talking about. Where like oh, I see he's getting frustrated at the emperor. I see where this is leading to, but you don't. It's just this black fucking helmet. So you know it just you just kind of have to assume it. But I, I mean, the, the battle was great, especially as a kid. The battle was great. Now that we've seen how Yoda can fight in the in the prequels, and we see how Jedi's really could fight, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, this is disappointing. <laughs> but it was. It's still lightsaber battles are always awesome. It's always it's it's always great. And the movie the movie had to end that way. The the third movie that's going on, and I'll sp- and that movie's almost split into two, is the Ewok bullshit and the space battle bullshit, which is all kind of tied together. The the, the idea that the, the the force field is generated from this planet onto the space station 
Also, terrible planning. They couldn't have come up with a better way to create a force field than off of this planet. And why? There was no explanation as to why they had to do that on the planet to create a force field. At least they could have been like, they have the only minerals on the planet that can create that energy to create the force field, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But instead, it just sounds like terrible military planning. Like, yeah, we have this big space station, but there's a little base down there that if you blow up, we don't have any shield. So uh, but that's not going to happen, right? No, of course <laughs> it happens. And then, the, and then the, this, the space battle, which, look, the Millennium Falcon, to me, is the greatest hero car of all time. Like, you yes. can... You can give me the A-Team van. You can give me Batmobile, Knight Rider, Batmobile, anything. Millennium Falcon takes it all. It's yep. the greatest hero car. Yep. I love it, and I will watch any. And the only reason I like the, the later trilogy is for the scenes with the Millennium Falcon in it. I will watch Millennium Falcon fly around and blow shit up all day long. But that battle just felt so tortured and so repetitive of what we've already seen. That it was like, and, and you guys, you know, you guys made the point that it just was like, just do something different. Like come up with something different for these people to do during this whole, cause I guess they were like, well, we can't have just the job of the hut scene and the lightsaber, lightsaber battle scene. Cause that movie will be 50 minutes. So we need to work in some other bullshit. And so we're going to add t- uh, a village of Teddy Rockspins running <laughs> around and that's going to be exciting. <laughs> and it's just so bad. And I'm not going to I'm not going to torture how horrible the Ewok storyline is. I hate everything that happens on the planet. I hate literally everything. And as cool as and I'm a car guy. So as, as much as I like the idea of speed, those speed bike floaty things, whatever they're called. Speeder bikes. Yeah, it, 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 it's way outweighed by how horrible the Ewok storyline is and how ridiculous it is. And that it's just it's just such a just a horrible, horrible way to try to pr- pull this all together. What this movie does still have going for it, though, is the great cast of characters. You, I mean, you love these characters. They're, they're, they're just so iconic. And that movies still today are trying to recapture that. In fact, its own trilogy, its own subsequent trilogies were trying to recapture the magic of these, of these characters and fell brutally short, horribly, horribly short. But you had, and it was just such a simple, it's just such simple chemistry, you know, the, the, the charming rogue, the naive but promising kid and the badass chick and the and the furry muscle guy like such an easy such an easy thing to put together. But it's so great. So for all, but for all, so for all of its weaknesses, this movie's still entertaining for the characters and for me. And I, I, I goatees heard me rail on this forever. It's always about the characters. You could a plot without characters is is nothing for me like it's it's just it's almost like half of a book like i I would rather see great characters and a kind of shitty plot than an amazing plot and boring characters which i and that's and by the way that's what i call the timothy nolan effect great plot kind of boring characters christopher Um, nolan christopher nolan not timothy nolan although i think tim nolan is his brother isn't it jonathan nolan jonathan (laughs) never mind fuck me so uh look this 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 was the end to such a powerful trilogy, but he clearly Lucas clearly saw the dollar signs as a kid. I we you know I'm an I'm an, I'm a kid of the '80s like Kevin is. This was this was the most masterfully marketed toy campaign of any property ever. They made toys of everything. Like literally, if a character was on the corner of the screen for a second. He got an action figure and you wanted that action figure because you needed everybody who was in the cantina or was in the palace. My buddy had that's pause with me. The Star Wars, 
the first droid that just fizzles out and blows up, and then that's where they pull out R2. Yeah. My buddy had that shitty droid. Yep. Yeah. And it was a separate droid. It wasn't even yep. like they sold them all together. Yep. It was yep. a single droid you had yep. to buy. It was a red, yeah. I had it. I had it. Yeah, <laughs> Did you? Jesus yeah, Christ. My, my mama bought it for me. I was like, oh, shit, this ain't R2, Mondo, but thank you. <laughs> shit. I had, the, I had the fucking band. I had the band. You did? <laughs> Kill the band, yeah. I, and he came with his little piano, the blue guy. The, and the, the girl, elephant the, guy. Yeah, it, every I had them. What I would just have them set up like in the he couldn't do anything. Here's Kevin Here's Kevin by himself the basement going do 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 So I mean look, Lucas knew the cash cow that he was riding and and Jedi was definitely the result of of all those dollar signs being thrown at him. And while in the trilogy I think it is clearly the 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 weakest it's still that's still like being this, you know, a Ferrari slower than a Lamborghini, but it's still a pretty fucking awesome car. Um, and so the Return of the Jedi is the Ferrari to New Hopes and Empire's Lamborghini for me. So for me, this movie will always be an eight. Woo! Mm, boy. Mm. Woo! <laughs> what's Empire and what's Star Wars for you? Those numbers. Empire is a, Empire is a 10 for me. I will watch. I will watch Empire. I mean, it's it's not even a question. Of You're going to watch all three of these at any time. So that that, that I have that I have to watch it. But you know what? I will. I won't watch all of Jedi. Return of the Jedi. What's like Star Wars number? Star Star Wars is Star Wars like an eight and a half. It. I mean, it's it, there are parts where it's a little slower, but I love the beginning of Star Wars. I I love the whole the entire everything that takes place on Tatooine. I fucking love. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean. See, I go Star Wars nine and a half, Empire eight and a half, and then we're going to find out what I think about Jedi. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you find all of our sweet merch. And of course, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to say hi or more importantly, want to advertise with us. Like you've heard, there are already two advertisements here today. And oh, by the time this airs, the live show will already happen. So guttingthesacredcow.com and subscribe to us on YouTube. Notes. <clears throat> As the movie starts, that first chord hits you right in the goddamn taint, and that censures up my butthole every single time. The opening music when Vader lands is top-notch. It is perfect tone setter. I've seen this movie, I don't know how many goddamn times, and every time I need to pause and go, is that Gary Sinise? talking to the Darth Vader about how you have to be on schedule. Cause that sure shit looks like Gary Sinise. Whomever designed Bib Fortuna's character must've recently watched a documentary on brain tumors. <laughs> the only thing missing from Jabba the Hutt is a rascal scooter, Mountain Dew and an Earnhardt forever t-shirt. <laughs> Want to watch grown men make uh, silly face, slack jawed faces. Go stand in line at the Millennium Falcon Smuggler Run in Disney World, where I especially walk around going, because <laughs> that Falcon thing is so cool. One of the studios I do voiceover work at has a life-size carbonite sculpture of Han Solo that is autographed by Harrison Ford. I ask every time I go in for work, how much? And the guy always says, I'm telling you everything. Every t- I tell- I'm telling you what I tell everyone else. Who asked about this? No fucking chance am I selling this. Oh. The added song by Jabba's band in the Redux version of two, is two minutes of my life that I demand back. Post haste. <laughs> Salacious Crumb. 
the rat that's in between Java's tail looks like every guy who mouthed off in a group fight but never threw a punch. <laughs> Luke Skywalker is still holding on to that Fisher Price toy haircut. It's like he's trying to still go for the Prince Adam slash He Man cut, but the barber fell short in his attempt. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. My first boner, Princess Leia in a metal bikini. <laughs> Boys and girls, you have just witnessed Kevin Goatee's first. Daddy, why is my penis getting so hard? How did you guys not talk about this? Do you remember how awesome the game of Return of the Jedi was on Super Nintendo? Holy shit. And the arcade version. You could throw your lightsaber around, which you didn't do in the fucking movie. The arcade version was pretty cool, too. Speeder bikes and blowing up the Death Star. Add uh, wash, rinse, repeat. The sail barge Sarlacc scene pit a scene is so badass. You get the green lightsaber and one of Princess Leia's butt cheeks. I am floored that three of you missed this one. I've said it a million fucking times in this podcast. And I'm going to say it for the last. Boba Fett is the most overrated character in the history of cinema and the most overrated character in this franchise. He does nothing but fly Han Solo away in Empire and goes out like a complete bitch in Jedi. Enough for the love of Boba Fett. He's as meaningful to this story as Steven Seagal was in the movie Executive Decision. He's still a cool. How about the scream when he when he when he falls into the pit? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's gonna get his own series. He's still the, a, still a cool. <laughs> isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> the the Emperor's theme in Jedi is one of the most top ten sinister songs or scores in film history. You can listen to that at any time and go, God damn, that's still good. Uh, if I had to ever sketch Joan Rivers' vagina, it would look exactly like Yoda's head. <laughs> Man, between this and Back to the Future, the 80s sure loved having ancestral themes, didn't they? <laughs> nice of Ben and Yoda to slow play Leia being Luke's sister. That would have been nice before they started locking lips or hell even training her to be a Jedi and helping her fight, dumbasses. And I'm surprised you boys and girls missed on this one. Here's my biggest problem with this film. Kevin Israel, you're 100% right about the characters. That's why Quentin Tarantino's films are fantastic. Characters in this film, also fantastic. One character I had a big problem with in this film, Han Solo. Why? Because he's not Han Solo in this film. He's not near as playful, sarcastic, are cocky. He is moonwalking his robotic ass through this film the entire way and is way too gruff. Nowhere near that lovable scamp we fell in love with in the first two films. What a waste of Han Solo in this film. Hmm. If the speeder bike scene doesn't get you going in this film, nothing will. That shit was so badass and I was dying to get to that level and return the Jedi for a Super Nintendo to fly those speeder bikes and oh, so good. <laughs> My biggest problem with the second biggest problem in the film is not with the Ewoks, but amount the amount of time that is devoted to them. And I get, I know, I agree with all your points. We all know it's a shitty cash grab, but here's the problem: they focus way more on them than why the reason we all paid money to go sit in that theater and see it. The film is based on four characters in all three of these films: Han, Leia, Luke, and Vader. That is who the focus should be on 85% of the time, especially since this was the final of the series. We deserved more camera time with, the, with those characters that we treasure and love. 
Speaking of the toys, remember the Ewok Village, Kevin Israel? They even had the guy oh, yeah. cargo net in there. Yep. <laughs> Tiff kind of took my 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 uh, my my uh, my ammo on this one. So Luke and Han have faced. I wrote this down: blasters, lightsabers, and cannon fire. But they throw their hands up and surrender to a bunch of Teddy Ruxpin knockoffs holding sharpened rocks at the end of sticks. Got it. <laughs> All right. Leia's been missing for about six to eight hours when her speeder bike crashes, right? And her hair magically grows to Rapunzel length. Where can I get that Ewok Rogaine to cover up my bald spot, please? Leia plays it way too fucking cool for me when Luke tells her that Vader is also her father. See, if someone's going to say that shit, I would expect more of a Spanish telenovela. Adios mio! <laughs> Instead, she's like, oh, okay, gotcha. All right, not, not, you know, it's not a good day, but all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. what, a, what, a, what a matter of fact way to relearn that. You tongue-kissed your brother. The, t- the tension between... Luke, Vader, and the Emperor is palpable and perfect. The push and pull of Vader's emotion with Luke is great. Another character, Nian Num, the co-pilot of the Falcon in this film. Whomever designed him must have just eaten a roast beef sandwich or just watched a gangbang video. I don't know which one. His face looks like a giant pussy for all those who can't put that together. I was, you know, I was right there with you. (laughs) The Ewok dying, the singular Ewok dying in a battle where lasers are flying aplenty one person dying ewok dying uh touching but nowhere near the level of when optimus prime died in the transformers cartoon film because that shit is still scarred my my soul (laughs) i see what you did george lucas you clever son of a bitch the y-wing pilot who gets shot down looks asian and then he kamikazes right into an imperial starship got it Ooh, yeah (laughs) The Emperor Vader Luke's act alone is worth one and a half points on this scale. When Luke gets baited by Vader to, by threatening to go after his sister, brilliant. Why does Vader's head, when he takes his helmet off, look like it was eaten by a bunch of zombies? It does. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Did Salacious Crumb get to his head too? Jesus. I did like the recent scenes where they added the celebrations of all the cities after they blew up the Death Star. Unlike that colossal piece of shit, Rise of Skywalker, where they all high-fived like they were at a junior college graduation and had a forced same-sex kiss that had no context. I did loathe, no! And of course, the two-minute song and dance version, the, uh, I don't know what the hell that was, but that was hot trash. Yep, yep. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Did Vanilla Ice get that and put that and incorporate that into Ice Ice Baby? Oh, right. <laughs> this film is still quite solid. Yes, there are some scenes that drag. You are right, Kevin Israel. The forest Endor scene, oh, man. It, it, besides the speeder bike part, I was like, ugh. You all bring up fantastic points, especially Tiff and the lack of force capabilities exhibited by Skywalker. So you have done what not many people have done. And that is give me to drop my score. It is now a seven out of 10 instead of a seven and a half out of 10. This film is still great. Still is still very watchable. There are definitely warts and it does drag in parts. But like Israel said, the beginning, the sail barge part, I'm all in. 
And that last act, I am more than I am doubly all in. That that music, everything is perfectly set. But that middle third, Jesus Christ, it's after watching it again. I've seen this, I don't know how many times, close to 100. It is just ugh. seven out of 10. Good job, folks. But I can't believe that you gave it an eight and you're on this podcast trying to tell us it's overrated. Hilarious. Let's see what those asshole blowhards who uh, demand that Fruitvale Station wins Best Picture every year. Critics, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews by critics. The Return of the Jedi offers enough moments that is not only fitting entry into the franchise, but was what was that, but what was thought of the time as a fitting conclusion to it as well. It's well constructed, tonally in spirit, and hugely enjoyable, but the force simply isn't as strong in this one. Definitely more good than bad. The opening and big Luke Vader Emperor showdown are great. It just has some weaker elements that drag the overall experience down. Return of the Jedi, the final act of George Lucas's first Star Wars trilogy, is the best one yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> I agree with three of the four of those. <laughs> Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. Critics, one star reviews. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. You can get it. That's we, we encourage laughter in this podcast. I'm already excited about these one star reviews. These are all sorts of hints in the latest escapade, notionally directed by Richard Marquand, that we are meant to be taking it seriously. The problems with Jedi cannot be fixed even with the best digital software in the galaxy. The weak story, the bad performances, the burp jokes, and Luke's bizarre-looking hair mop. (laughs) With its feints at horror and pathos, the third Star Wars film is the most Disney-esque in its emotional outline, yet that outline is buried beneath an obnoxiously hyped-up pace that reduces the emotions to rubble. And my favorite Critics One Star review, Chewbacca doesn't have enough dialogue. (laughs) Always been the problem with these movies. (laughs) (laughs) Although they didn't shut up in episode three, though. That's true. (laughs) Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. My children are dictating this review. This is their favorite movie of all the existing in 2018 movies. They love the way the characters relate to each other far better than five. As children, they find it empowering to see sweet, rather, sorry, to see small, rather sweet, simple creatures help bring down the empire. The only part they do not like seeing, they don't like seeing is Leia as a sexual slave. They really hate that, but Leia overall is much better in five. In six, in six, she has some good ideas, is a good fighter, and is much more empowered and smart. Something tells me that this lady doesn't have boys as children. That didn't happen. Right? <laughs> no, mommy, the patriarchy's keeping her down in this episode. Not as good. <laughs> Fuck you. The, <laughs> this movie is incredible. I still love it, even in full screen version. And even with those annoying Ewoks, all right, all right. They do save the day in the Battle of Endor. They are cute and cuddly, but everybody seems to forget 
They're going to eat Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie for dinner. I would have never turned my back on one of those things, ever. Don't care how cute and cuddly they are. <laughs> Next one. No damage. Okay. What? <laughs> so someone's right about the, the, the Blu-ray or DVD copy. So they give it a oh, no damage. Okay. My favorite all-time movie. Luke becomes awesome. Mind games in the throne room could do without the Ewoks, but being set in coastal redwoods makes up for it. Sign the head of Chamber of Commerce in Redwoods, California. And, oh, the doozy of the doozies. Jar Jar Binks is still annoying. Why do some aliens feel like offensive racial tropes? My answer is maybe they flew a spirit, spirit airline for a cross-country trip. You never know. Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Here come the Amazon one-star reviews. Well, I love the movie, as it is not only my favorite Star Wars movie, but also my favorite movie of all time. Unfortunately, I hate the edit where Darth Vader shouts, No! As he, <laughs> as he tosses Palpatine down the Death Star reactor shaft. James Earl Jones is one of the greatest voice actors of all time, but one thing he's not good at is shouting, No! <laughs> Something tells me that this guy's wife is shouting, No! when he asks for weekly sex. <laughs> Purchase this because it specifically said theatrical version, but it's the one with Force Ghost, Hayden Christensen, and the new music at the end. The description is misleading. Now I need to figure out if I can get my $20 back. Damn, $20. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I, want, I want to cancel this order as I made it by mistake. This was posted as a $19.47 char- $19. charge on, on uh, August 14th, 2018. Thank you. <laughs> the kids liked it adults tolerated it <laughs> tried to cancel order minutes after ordering was not allowed to cancel and get refund <laughs> claimed i had watched the film or is after 24 hours not true can't see how to place requests for help <laughs> not true one star if you guys ever this wanted- isn't customer service yeah. what <laughs> Hello, Jeff Bezos, please. <laughs> if you two ever want to go down a rabbit hole of hilarity, I highly advise you go down the Amazon one-star reviews. It is a it, like like the Jellies of the Month Club in Christmas Vacation. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. <laughs> I did, never knew this, this existed. This is, this isn't it? Is isn't it? See, this is... Oh, yeah. It's a treasure trove. Someone just got unplugged from the Matrix. Hey, <laughs> Kevin Israel, did Montego Bradley and Tiff gut the sacred cow? You guys were awesome to have on, and I loved you. You made awesome points, and I agreed with almost everything you said, but I don't think this movie was gut. Number one, because you gave it a combined six in a score, um, but mostly because I think the, the movie is just such a powerhouse of a movie. And it, you look, like Kevin said, there are warts, but we love it, warts and all. And you, it's, it's, it's just that kind of movie, like, you know, and, and especially seeing what happened. In all the subsequent movies that were made after this, the obvious, the, the prequels and then the, the po- they, they never were able to capture the magic of these original three. So even if Return is considered the weakest of the three, it's still a fucking really strong movie. That's like having your third kid not be as smart as the first. So you still love that little bastard, but, you know, you can't throw him away. But I listen, I listen, you're right. The first three are the best. 
I will go on the limb and say, well, Rogue One is fantastic. No one's going to fight me on that. But I will go to bat and say Revenge of the Sith is the next best after all those. Ooh. I love I love Revenge of the Sith. I think it's Ooh. great. I love it. I say Empire. Then I say Rogue One. I like that so much better. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying the first three and then Rogue One. Then after okay. that oh, is geez. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, the first three in Rogue One are great. This is, Revenge of the Sith is five for me. And then you can fight out the rest. Actually, no, you don't have to fight out the rest. It's easy. Uh, Phantom Menace is the worst. Rise of Skywalker is second worst. And then you guys can, again, that's where you can throw it all in a pot. Actually, episode two. That's the calls. Yo, listen. <laughs> the, the second half of two is decent. The first half sucks. The second half of two is fucking good. The whole gladiator battle scene and yeah. all that shit, where they go and they find the plants, that's good. The first half is garbage. Totally unforgivable, though, when you see those Jedi in the back swinging at the same droid five or six times in silence. Because they, 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 I can't unsee that. Right. You, you, you just keep swinging. Just keep. And what the hell are they yeah. doing back there? I, yeah. I, it's, it's not good. I'm sorry. So, Montego, Tiff, why don't you shout out what you're up to, where we can find you, all that good stuff. Tiffelbot, that's your job. All right. So, um, our main hub is fansandpatrol.com, and then we're on social media at fansandpatrol on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and you can listen to us on your favorite listening platform and subscribe to our YouTube. Check out our Patreon. Fantastic. Great. Good job, Kevin Israel. Uh, first of all, leave us a five-star rating and a couple-sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. Every week, our captain, Kevin Goatee, likes to leave, uh, likes to highlight some of them, and we love reading your thoughts on our podcast, especially when it's about how much you love it. So uh, do that for us. It helps us. It helps with this crazy algorithm, and it just makes us happy. So isn't it worth it? And if you have some extra time, check out KevinIsrael.com for my upcoming stand-up comedy dates. I'll be touring around, and you can get my album, The Struggle is Real, on iTunes and everywhere else you get audio stuff. KevinGoatee.com for shenanigans, debauchery, Tom Fullery. I don't know what all that means, but it sounds fun. Patreon.com slash GTSC, where you get to have Kevin Israel and I give you our uh, That Doesn't Happens uh, quotes, movies that we've seen, trailer talk, all that good stuff, for just cinco dólares un mes. So five bucks a month gets you all that on the Patreon. And, of course, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com to say hi or want to advertise with us and guttingthesacredcow.com. Fans on Patrol, you guys were fantastic. You came prepared. I like the duality here. You guys came with a nice prong attack. You, can, you made us concede a couple points. Fantastic job. We thoroughly enjoyed having you. And uh, we will see everyone else next week. Take care. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.